I'm going to ask my top five sunshine guys if they'll come up here for just a minute. And they kind of go along with my message today. So, first of all, uh, Jagger Edmondson was the last one to graduate. He just graduated a week or two ago. Uh, He's not here today, but we still want to recognize him. And Donnie Key is about to go. uh, He's pretty much graduated. He's about pretty much out the door. And I'm hoping in a few minutes that I can show you, you know, what Donnie Key had to go through and what each one of these men have went through to earn that right. Donnie has earned the, the respect, actually, of, uh, uh, should be of all of us, that uh, he has put in the work for, to earn the graduation certificate. And then the rest of these guys, they are almost about ready to go out patient. Uh, so it won't be too terribly long before uh, these two go outpatient, Tristan and Ramsey. And they have worked hard, and I want to give them some hand clapping. And then Ryan and George has got like two feet out the door in one hand. They're, 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 they're chomping at the bit to go outpatient. When we go outpatient, we talk about we still hold you accountable but you're allowed to leave the Sunshine House and go home to your house at that time. So, uh, so they, these guys have worked very hard, and I wanted to take a minute and just, if y'all don't mind, let's all give them some loving. All right, y'all can go. Help me carry this. Help me carry this right here. Thank you, sir. And, and you'll see in a minute that I'm going to kind of use them as an example today uh, about my message. Uh, and then we'll get a little bit more back to them. But, man, I'm proud of y'all. And I, I'm so proud of y'all. And we love y'all. And we're so glad. The name of my message today is Stay the Course. I, and I just want you to know that each one of these men have stayed the course. There's been obstacles. There's been issues. There's been problems. There's been things to rise. There's been things to try to take them out. But they have stayed the course. And, you know, stay the course is a military term used for men in battle. And uh, it is used to keep men in formation. It's used to keep men in unity. And it's a term that I use often in, in the recovery world. And not just recovery, but I use this term often when I'm talking to men and women who are uh, living for Christ. Walking out their freedom with Christ, I'll say, many people will hear me say, man, stay the course, stay the course, keep going. And, you know, I share this term with the men and women of the Sunshine House. And uh, while they're in the house, but most definitely when they leave the house, my message for them, for each one of these men as they go out, patient, and Donnie as he graduates, my message for him is, hey, Donnie, Stay the course. You know, there is a course, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in just a minute. Uh, and, and so when I say that, I've never had anybody, at least nobody in recovery, say to me, what does that mean? But I thought maybe we should talk about that just a little bit. What does it mean to stay the course? Psalm 142, verse 3, and I may talk a little fast because 
our new times are shorter, and I am barely making it, man. Psalm 142, verse 3 is, When my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who watches over my way. In the path where I walk, people have hidden a snare for me. You know, in the, in the armed forces, the command stay the course means that each man stay moving in unison with another man, no matter if bombs are blasting or bullets are flying. You just keep marching. Now, I realize that we don't fight like that today. Okay, this term was coined in a time when, when it was very important that them, them guys was crazy. They just went down there and got across from each other and shot till somebody was all dead, right? But it, uh, we, 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 we don't fight like that anymore. But the term does fit how it is to walk out our freedom in Jesus Christ today. This is a very good term. If you'll look at Psalm 142 there, it says, first thing it says is that God has a path for us. I want everybody to know in here that God has a specific path for you. There's nobody in this room right now that God doesn't have a path for. Now you may not be walking on that path, but God still has a path for every single person in this room. And the second thing you got to understand is, think about this, snares. A snare is like a big rope. You walk by and you get caught up, right? And look at that. In this case, it's set by, this is a trap set by people in this case, right? So here's this guy in, in Psalm 142. He says, hey, uh, God, I'm on this path that you put me on. And on this path, there's traps. There's people shooting at me. There's people trying to kill me. There's, there's things going on on this path that you set for me. And, and God just says, hey, stay the course. That's the word today. That's going to be a word you're going to hear a lot, a lot more. God wants us to just stay the course. See, because what you don't understand or what you need to understand is that, yes, God has a path for every person in this room. But before he puts you on the path, he prepares you. He prepares each one of us to get us ready for the path that he's calling us to. The path that we are all called to do. Which is mine is different than yours. It's the same as some people's. But it's different than others. Okay. So. I want to talk about spiritual boot camp. Today is what I'm going to talk about. We're going to talk about spiritual boot camp. Just like the army or the armed forces has a boot camp where they take you and they train you and they get you ready and they prepare you for the battles you may have to go in or not, regardless you're trained. The Christian church, or actually Christianity, is supposed to go, you're supposed to also go into a boot camp. Let me just show this video first and then we'll talk about that. Green bag. 
Aye, sir. Okay, step back. Aye, sir. Put it in a green pack! Aye, sir. Aye, sir. Green pack. Aye, sir. Okay, step back. It's in the bag. Get it out! Step back. I, I say something! Sir. You say something! I come back that crap! Aye, sir. If you want to do it now. Aye, sir. Aye, sir. Aye, sir. Do it now. Aye, sir. What is this? Something I'm putting on myself. I say empty the contents of your trash. That means empty it now. Do it now. Yes, sir. That crap in your green bag now. Yes, sir. Where's your ID? I didn't tell you to put it out So take it out. Yes, sir. Green bag. Hi, sir. You look at these guys right here, you know, you, I mean, I think, wow, man, they tough. But, you know, you might think, well, man, that seems awful mean. But did you know that each one of them guys are trying to prepare them young men to go into whatever, go into the battle, right? So, it, I mean, they love these men. They love the American, they love the American forces, and they love these men, and they are going to do whatever it takes to prepare them to go into battle. So, what does it, that, that's sort of what, that is what, the begin, I just showed the beginning part of that because I wanted you to get an idea of, uh, of what it meant to get started. Man, hey, boot camp, they earn that stuff. They earn it, right? So, uh, but what does it look like to be in a spiritual boot camp? Every one of us know when we first became a Christian that there's a wooing stage. Alright, now I understand you young people have no clue what a wooing stage is, but that's okay. When you become a Christian, man, it's just wonderful, right? You come in, everything feels good. The, 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 the world's lifted off your shoulder. You, you realize God is real. It's sort of like this. It's sort of like going into the recruiter's office, and that recruiter sits there and tells you how wonderful it's going to be to see the whole world, right? But then, somewhere down the line, you've got to get to boot camp, and you've got to get to work, all right? Well, you know, in our, in our walk with Christ... We have to go from our place of our wooing stage. There comes a place to where we have to actually get to work. See, we need boot camp in our life because boot camp keep, teaches us how to stay alive. That's what it's doing. It's teaching them men and women how to stay alive. And did you know that you have to have a spiritual boot camp to learn how to stay alive? There comes a place where you come out of the wooing stage and the real, real work begins. Do y'all know discipleship? You hear the word discipleship over and over and over in the Bible, and you hear the word disciple. The root word for disciple is discipline. Do y'all hear that? The root word for disciple is discipline. Every one of the disciples in the Bible were disciplined men, disciplined women, right? So it takes discipline for us to live for Jesus. And that's what I want to talk about today. I say you can't live for Jesus if you don't discipline yourself.
That's what I say. As a matter of fact, I'm going to walk through some of that. But I'm saying that, now listen, living for Christ is easier than living in the world. But that don't mean that living for Christ is easy. Living for Christ is a lot of hard work. It takes hard work. It takes discipline in our lives to actually live for Jesus. A matter of fact, the people that put in the hard work that it takes to live for Christ, they're the ones that live the blessings of God. The true people that really bust their tail. I'm not talking about working. Which working, you got to work too, by the way. Working's part of it. We'll go over that later, though. I'm saying that when you really do the things that we're fixing to talk about, you live a blessed life. The blessed life has nothing to do with money. The blessed life has nothing to do with materials. The blessed life is being happy right where you are. Right where you are. Okay? Amen. So the people that put in the hard work are the ones that get the that live a blessed life and we're going to talk about them. 1 Corinthians 9 24 through 27 says do you not know that we are that in a race all the runners run but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the game goes into a strict training. This is Paul. He's he's talking to us. Go ahead. They do not get a they do they do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body. And I want to tell you something. That right there takes some serious discipline. Now, you might be thinking this is just talking about exercise or something. No, man, your flesh is your enemy. And it's going to take some serious discipline to get that flesh under submission and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified from the prize. So I'm saying that it takes a strong discipline to walk out your freedom, not just to get freedom, Freedom's not that hard to get. But I tell you what, it's hard to hang on to. Matter of fact, let me just say this. The the reason I even started telling people to stay the course is I've been working with people in recovery for years. And, And I see tons of them just going off by the wayside and going back to alcohol and drugs and whatever their vice was. And I started realizing, now wait a minute, there's one common problem here. They let up. So that's why I get in there beside them and I say, let's go. you got to keep going. Don't you dare let up. Keep going. Stay in the Word. Stay in prayer. Stay in church. Stay in your meetings. Don't you get lazy. Everyone that did get lazy, though, they're out there high right now because you can't make it. Now, then I started thinking to myself, now, wait a minute. I mean, this is getting heartbreaking. And I'm tired of seeing people relapse, but, but I started looking at church people that never drank before in their lives. And I started realizing, wait a minute, somebody that never drank in their life, they let up, they end up back in their vice too. They end up going to take a lot of hard work to actually live the blessed life that God has for you. 
That's the truth. And so I've realized that if we don't put that work in, what happens is we don't make it. Oh, you might make it to church and smile and look pretty, but that don't mean you make it in your life. You know what I'm talking about. You know whether you actually live in the blessed life or not. You know whether it's true. So let's talk about some of the disciplines that you have to have and some of the things that I tell people in recovery and really some of the things that I tell people just in Christian walking. What is some of the discipline that I'm going to have to have in my life if I want to live a blessed life? 1 Thessalonians 5.17 Man, i got to pray. I actually have to pray. I mean, you can go to the lostest person in the world and he'll say he prays. Philippians 4 verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. That's why, I mean, we should be thankful. But anyway, present your request to God. That's a whole other sermon. But look here. It takes discipline to not just pray when you're in trouble, but to pray all the time. It actually takes a discipline to pray when things are going good. It takes discipline to actually pray when the whole, everything's so stinking busy, you ain't got time to think. That's everybody's life in here. I know, that's American life, ain't it? We're busy people. It takes a discipline. I, I'm here to tell you today that if you don't have that discipline in your life, you get a little weaker and a little weaker, and a little weaker, and before you know it, you're back out there. What's your out there? Your out there is out there, whatever it is. God has a, has a path for each one of us, just as I just read. He has a desire and something He's calling each one of us to. And we have to pray. But let's think about it. How many of us really do pray? Jesus Himself withdrew from the crowd and prayed. How many of us pray when, I mean, let us have an issue now. As Christians now, if everything goes bad, we'll get on our face. That's true. We'll get on our face. But the Bible says, the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So we got to ask ourselves, is, a, is, a, is much being availed in our lives? Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir here. I ain't talking to everybody. I'm only talking to who I'm talking to. The Bible says is, or actually says the fervent, that means red hot. Red hot prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So, we, so if much is being availed, what's being availed? The people around you are changing. You know, I hear people say, man, I hate my job because everybody's so bad. Pray that thing right. But anyway, don't let me get started down that road either. I'm on a time limit. See, I want to be around people. I want, I want to be around the world because that's what I'm called to, though. I mean, that's my chance to shine my light. But regardless, <clears throat> is our families being saved? Is lives being changed around us? We can ask ourselves whether our prayer life is availing much or whether it's not in reality, okay? So remember that it takes a discipline to pray. 2 Timothy 2 verse 15. Do your best to present yourselves to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who, is cor who correctly handles 
the word of truth. Now, first of all, this does not mean that we're perfect, uh, and, uh, but, but we study. This means we're supposed to study. What I'm saying to you is that if you're a disciplined Christian, then you actually study the word of God. Now, I think every one of us in here almost would say that, but listen to this. Pastor Keith Hodges, he, he uh, shared a statistic that was done. They did a study of church growers, goers all across America. And these are actual people that go to church. And they come to find out that only 4% of Christians that go to church every week actually read the Word that week. Read the Word once a week. 4%. That means for every 100 people in here, only 4 people last week read your Bible. Now, I realize I ain't preaching to everybody, but if you didn't read your Bible, I'm talking to you. Only 4%, only 4 people of out, of, out of 100 acts, because you know what? It takes a discipline. If you didn't read your Bible, then I'm here to tell you that you've got to get to that spiritual boot camp. You've got to get your place to where you are, are disciplined Enough to read your word every day, not every week, every single day, every day, every day, every day, day in, day out, read and study, read and study. Well, you, you did, I understand you're busy. Let's put Facebook up for 15 minutes and see what happens. We ain't too busy to be blasting everybody on Facebook. See, the thing is that once you allow yourself to go through a spiritual boot camp, you receive things that you'll never forget. Okay? Just like the military, when the military man goes through a boot camp or goes through his training, now then you've got to choose whether you're going to use it or not, but once you go through training, you'll never forget it. Y'all watch this video with me. The sergeant down the police station said, you should have hit him on the head. Show me how you hit it. Where'd you hit him? Right in here? Yes, I would say there. And then I went up a little bit towards the throat, yeah. Manchester police say this is the man seen on Walgreens security video. Now, I don't know if this fellow was looking for money for dope or what, but my advice to him is to, to kick the habit, go to a rehab place and try to straighten yourself out, get a job. It makes for a good weapon. A World War II vet, Mr. Cambaris has never been robbed. He wasn't ready to give up his grandchildren's pictures or anything else in the wallet. So you're 95? I'm 95. Yeah. Yeah. No one should be messing with you when you got that cane. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't believe it. <laughs> he says he will keep walking to Walgreens, but he'll make some changes. I'm a licensed pistol holder. I'm an excellent marksman on pistol and rifle and submachine gun. I got all that while I was in the service. Yes. I will take my cell phone, my pistol, and the cane. Yeah, hey. What now? This 95 year old man never forgot his training. 
And when that punk thought he was going to run up on him and get some drug money, he took, some, he took that cane and he beat that man down. I didn't check to make sure it wasn't our county. But anyway, so if you're here today, I'm sorry I put your picture up there. We feel bad the 95-year-old beat you down. But anyway, so just like that military man, just like that military man, he, he was trained, like he said, he'd, he'd, he'd grab a submarine gun or whatever it was. He was trained, and when it came out, it came time for him to pull it out. Let me show you what, uh, let me show you what uh, Christian training looks like. Frisco, Texas. Sometimes you don't have a weapon for fighting back. And when an armed robber burst through her door, shop owner Marion Chadwick thinks she doesn't have a prayer. He comes to the counter with his gun and he taps on it. And he says, this is a robbery, I want your money. With a loaded gun just inches from her face, Marion calmly retaliates using the power of the pulpit. You get out of my store right now in the name of Jesus. I planted my feet, pointed my finger in his face, and I said, in the name of Jesus, you get out of my store. Though she's a hair trigger from being blown to smithereens, Marion relies on a higher firepower. You get out of my store right now in the name of Jesus. That was my weapon, that I had one shot. The thief reels from the biblical assault. But the preacher's not done with her sermon. I went, I bind you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Leave. Marion doesn't know if the crook is afraid of Jesus. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Or her. He backed up. And he kept backing up until he got to the front door, and then he took off. Marion may not have saved the robber's soul, but using the word definitely saved her life. In the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. Listen, my point to that being that this woman, she didn't just pop out of there and be like this. She's been trained. She knows the power of the Holy Spirit. She knows the word. She knows that she knows to bind the spirit of, of Satan right there. And you know what? She was gonna hang on to her jewelry and money. You wasn't gonna take it. Because of her training, though, and because of her discipline, I want to tell you something. That's a praying woman right there. That's a praying woman. There ain't nobody that don't pray, don't just, uh, they get scared and get under the counter. Somebody like this knows how to jump out and say, hey, get out here. She ain't afraid to die. She don't care if you shoot her in the face because she's a Christian. She knows where she's going. She knows she's going to heaven, right? So, just like, the, just like the armed forces pull out their training, us as Christians also pull out our training. That's why it's very extremely important that we're actually getting trained. Okay, now listen to this. Going to church does not cover your sins. Going to church doesn't get you to heaven. Going to church is not going to fix things. It's good. 
We want to go to church. And it's good to go to church so that we learn. But church is not it. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the relationship with Jesus Christ that we are building that, that protects us, that blesses us, that grows us, that watches over us. It's about a relationship. We have to be very careful to make sure that we're growing in that relationship. If I never talk to my wife, my relationship's not going to be too good. Right? It'd be better if I talked less. Probably sometimes, I'm sure, is what she thinks. But, 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 Jesus wants us to talk to him too. Listen, life is so busy and there's so many problems, issues, and things going on that if we don't actually discipline ourselves in an area, we won't do it. I promise you. Studying, studying. If you don't set a time, you won't study. If you don't say, I'm going to do it at 6 o'clock every day, 6 a.m., 6 p.m., whatever works for you, whatever time it is, if you don't do that, you won't study. It'll always be, if I'm going to do it after a while, or I'm going to do it when I get a chance. You ain't getting no chance. So you might as well not, not do it, because you ain't going to do it. Matthew 25, 1 through 13. At the time the kingdom of heaven will be at that time the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones however took their oil in the jar along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in the coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out and meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. The oil lamps are, our oil lamps are going out. No, they replied, There may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, "Open the door for us." But he's because you don't know the day or the hour. There's a couple of very important things in this story right here. Jesus is showing us how it's going to be at the end of time. Number one, this thought that I'm, I'm going to get it done, the procrastination. I, I'm going to do it a little later. I'm going to straighten up a little later. I'm going to quit doing that a little later. Well, he just shows you right here that uh, you, that little later may never come. Right? The second thing is, it, it looks like the, uh, the ten of those virgins was lazy, right? Five of them, rather. Lazy. Didn't have their oil. You know what? They didn't make it. They didn't, they didn't get in. We're supposed to always have our oil ready. I tell you what, Jesus is going to bust the skies one day. We better be on the right side of him. Jesus is coming back even more so than what we was. Right? Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the ones who 
does the will of my Father. That's a very important. I'd love to preach on that another one, another time. Who is in heaven? Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name uh, perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I didn't know you. Get away from me, you evildoers. Hey, you know who he's talking to here? He's talking to people that go to church. Hey, man, he ain't talking to people that don't go to church. This is people walking in the power of Jesus Christ. This is people casting out demons. People are getting healed in his name. Now, I know he's talking to false prophets. But this right here is something to think about. These are people in church. Standing before God saying, hey, ain't we going to get to go in heaven? No, you ain't. No, you ain't. Right? And they were walking in his power. I know that uh, most all of us can remember this time where the, the world's been lifted off our shoulders. And we experienced this great feeling of God rescuing us and I, I know it's different for everybody in here but what we have to do is we have to be very careful to make sure that we don't fall into this place to where we just feel obligated to come to church because of that and we don't go any further we don't go any further That's the th- that is a huge problem we have to continually grow we have to grow we have to fall more in love with Jesus The thing about a relationship that works is that in that relationship, y'all are always falling more in love and falling more in love and falling more in love, right? That's a working relationship, and that's what Jesus wants for us. We can't just go through the motions. I'm here to call out the people in the motions. I'm saying let's get after it because the motions ain't going to work. They take you back to your mess. Whatever you're from. Paul said, let's run for the prize. We have a run. We're running. Let's get after the prize. To run means there's movement. That means that that means if there's an obstacle, you're ducking it. That means if there's traps, you're going around it. But it means that you're always moving. You're growing. <clears throat> Let me show you what it don't mean. Don't mean this. Don't mean you just stop and watch people run by you. And what happens to us? We think, oh man, there's old Billy. And we start talking to Billy. Hey, Billy, how you doing? Well, Billy passes on by. And then we're like, you know, I don't understand why Billy ain't around no more. Because Billy's after it and you're sitting down. That's why. Maybe some relationships have passed us by and we would like those relationships. Well, you need to get up and get after it again. Start running again. We all go through times where we need to come in here and be encouraged. Encouraged to get back in prayer. We need to be encouraged to get back in our word. We need to be encouraged to get back after it again because we get so distracted by the things of the world. Man, this world is a short time we're here. We're not going to be here very long. We're going to be living in eternity very, very shortly. The older you get, I know when you're like 16 and 20, I was thinking life was forever, man. Now it's just like, it's my birthday again? Doggone. That thing keeps sneaking up on me. 
You know, the thing about Paul when he's talking about running that race is he, he ain't no spring chicken when he's writing it. So I just want to encourage anybody that might think, well, you know what, I, I, I've got 70 years in. It's time to kick it out of gear. Well, I'm pretty sure Paul didn't kick it out of gear. He plowed on to the very end. And look at him. I'm sure you look at his schedule. This man was after it. And he worked very hard. You know, I told you earlier, I said, I had the Sunshine guys come up here. And I wanted to take just a minute and share kind of what it, well, first of all, if, it's, if you're here and this is a new, first time you've come to Liberty Church, Liberty Church has a discipleship home, one for men and one for women, called the Sunshine House. It is a 12-month program with at least 10 months are lived inside the house. And during that 10 months, we it, this, this is not just a boot camp. This is a special forces boot camp we got them in. Y'all watch this video. These are the faces of special forces. Men who are being trained at Fort Bragg, North Carolina as unconventional warriors. Qualified soldiers from within the Army and qualified civilians from our communities volunteer for special forces. Their mission is to be fully prepared to conduct worldwide combat operations to protect and serve the nation. To ensure that training remains relevant and world class, the United States Army John F. Kennedy Special Warfare Center and School has transformed the Special Forces Qualification Course to produce a more capable, more lethal, more tolerant, unconventional warrior. The path to wear the Green Beret is not easy with six distinct phases of training. The first phase is Special Forces Assessment and Selection, known as Phase 1. For three weeks, the soldiers' intelligence, motivation, and physical stamina are tested to their limits. Additionally, his leadership, teamwork, and critical thinking skills are challenged. Each of these characteristics is assessed. The process is grueling and arduous. If the soldier completes the assessment portion and is selected, he will continue his special forces training. Because the following phases of the qualification course contain classified right, instruction, his security clearance. Now I show that to show you that the men and women of the Sunshine House are in special forces training, and we are raising up unconventional spiritual warriors. The training they go through is rigorous. I showed you just a small amount of this. I mean, hey, man, I love our vets and our armed forces. Man, we, we make them tough. Thank God for that. Let's give them all a big hand. Now let me show you the Sunshine House schedule and what they keep. Sunshine House on Monday morning wakes up at 5 o'clock. At 5.30 they eat breakfast. They do devotion at 6 o'clock. They work all day. At 5 p.m. they go to dinner. At 6 p.m. they have step study. At 8 p.m. they do homework. If they're lucky, at 9 o'clock they can go to bed. Tuesday, 
Tuesday, they wake up at 5 o'clock. They go to breakfast at 5.30. They go to Sons of Thunder down at the downtown campus at 6 o'clock. They work all day. They go to dinner at 5.30. They have Celebrate Recovery at 6.15. After Celebrate Recovery, they clean up the church. Then they, might, they ain't going to bed by 9 on that day, most likely. Tuesday, Wednesday. They wake up at 5 a.m. They go to breakfast at 5.30. They have devotion at 6. They work all day. They go to dinner. They go to small group with Zach at 6. At 7.30 they do their homework. At uh, 9 o'clock they go to sleep. Then on Thursday they wake up at 5 o'clock. They go to, they, they, uh, go to breakfast at 5.30. They go to prayer on Thursday at 6 o'clock, they work all day. They go to dinner. They go to small group with me. They do homework. They go to sleep at 9 o'clock. Friday, they wake up at 5 o'clock. They get it, go to breakfast at 5.30. They have devotion at 6 o'clock. They work all day. They go to dinner. They go to CR, uh, CR at 6.15. They clean the church. They go to sleep if they're lucky. Not, they might make it on Friday. Probably not. Saturday, every other Saturday, they work at the thrift store from 9 to 4. They woke up this morning. Sunday, they woke up this morning. They, they, they ate breakfast at 7.30. They go to church services. They do all three services. They're either in P12 or whatever. I mean, they're going to be at church. So uh, then they can go to visitation, then they can rest. What Liberty Church Sunshine House do, is doing is training you to be disciplined in your life. See, every single one of us need to have some, most of these things on our lives. I mean, we have busy schedules. We need a busy schedule. Devotion needs to be on there. Now, you might say to yourself, well, you know what, Rick? That just looks like that's too hard on the, on the Sunshine House. Well, you don't understand addiction then. You don't understand addiction. Let me tell you something. Addiction is a nasty, vile demon, and it's going to take a hard work to get free from it. It takes hard work. These guys are putting it in, and we're going to push you to do it. But it takes hard work to get free from that demon. And then I want to tell you something else. It takes hard work to keep free from it. It's always right there just trying to wait on you every little split to try to take you back out again. Offering you some little trick, some little something. Always trying to take you out, right? Will y'all stand up with me? My message today was about... Yeah, I, I took them a little early, but we'll come on. My message today was about staying the course. Some of us has got off the course and we've got lazy. Can't be lazy in Christianity. Come on, Mike. Lazy Christians don't make it. He's probably going to want to steal your mic for a second. Lazy Christians end up back where they are, where they started. Worse, actually, seven times worse, but I'm not getting into all that either. What I'm going to do is I want Mike to just take two minutes here, and I want him to share. He, see, he's, he, 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 he's invested. He's been to spiritual boot camp. He's <laughs> devoted himself. He's dedicated himself to doing what God's called him to do. And what happens when you do that? Go ahead.
All right, I got, I've got, y'all hear me now? Okay. Um, my name is Michael Shaw. This is my wife, Stephanie. And uh, I do uh, home repairs, remodeling for a living. And I have uh, a lot of tools, so I got to where I had to pull a trailer behind my truck to carry all these tools that I've had for probably 15 years. So last Sunday, Mother's Day, me and my wife were here serving. And then we get home, and I find out somebody has stolen my trailer with all my tools in it. And uh, so we call the police, and she puts it on Facebook, just like that. And uh, I go to the neighbors and stuff, and I say, you know what? I'm not going to worry about it. We're just going to have Mother's Day the best we can, you know, without trying to think about it. And uh, God will take care of everything because he has so many times. So my wife tells me Monday you'll fi- you'll figure out how hard it is Monday when you go to work and you don't have all these tools. So I figured out how hard it was. So I did what I could and then I start you know buy a few things and I went to to scrounge up all the tools I had and clean out my truck, putting them in my truck, and I get a phone call phone call from this crazy guy. I mean he's he's not really crazy. He's just weird, but uh. <laughs> But he, his wife is a beautiful wife. You know, I don't, I don't know why God blesses us men with some beautiful wives, as ugly as we are. But, anyways, so, <laughs> so he calls me Monday afternoon, asked me if I was at home, and um, he said the Holy Spirit told him to bring me a, a brand new trailer. And I, I, that's just the beginning of it. I mean, people, God is working through people, and it's just driving me, you know, just humbling me. You know, I can't explain it. It's just amazing. And what the devil thought that he was going to knock my feet out from under me, God turned around and knocked my feet out from under me. And just praising Him every day. And I'm not getting much work done, and it's not because I don't have tools. It's because I'm weak, and I just every time I turn around, I'm bawling my eyes out and just praising Jesus. But anyways, that's, you know, we just look to God, and it doesn't matter what happens. We've got that. We've got that insurance, and that's all we need. So praise the Lord. Thank y'all. Nice. That's good. I say that. I say it. Reason I, I was so glad that he did come up here is because, see, because of his training, do was to pull the faith up that it would be okay. <coughs> it's gonna be okay. However, if you see his trailer, let him know. He'll go. He'll, we'll go get it back. But, but it will be okay. Let me ask my prayer team to come down here, and uh. We're just going to take just a minute here. We're going to open up the altar. Maybe maybe you're one that I've been talking to today, and, you know, you've got a little lazy in your walk. Walk with Jesus. Well, repentance fixes all that up. To repent means to come down here or even do it where you're at. Say, God, I'm sorry. I'm going to step it up now, though. Because I'll tell you what, if we're going to live for Jesus, we got to get after it, man. we got to stay after it, Right? 
Or maybe you're in here and you say, you know what, I don't know what, I don't know what it means to live for Jesus. Well, we would love to introduce you. They'd be nothing better than introduce you to Jesus. Jesus loves you and He wants you to come. He wants you to be here. So if that's you, you just come down here and grab one of these guys and tell them, hey, I want to know about this Jesus and they'll introduce you. Or if you need prayer for any reason at all, the altar's open.